Why are young running backs, Jameer Gibbs, Brees Hall, and Travis Etienne all great plays in week eight? We tell you right now why as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. We're your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL betting and fantasy for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst on NFL.com. All right, Michelle, uh, we are going to dive into the first rankings show of the week. We're going to look at the running backs and quarterbacks that you want to think about playing, maybe not playing this week, and uh, break down the matchups. We have all 32 teams in action, no bye weeks, so a lot of players to choose from, maybe a few harder decisions, knowing that uh, you have more players. So we'll get into that in a moment. I have to tell you this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use the code LOCKEDNFL for $20 off the first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed, only at game time. All right, Michelle, let's dive right in. And We have a really special group of young running backs that we're really high on here. Pretty much we have them all in our top 10. You have uh, one guy at 11, so pretty close there. But Travis Etienne, both for us behind our number one guy, is always going to be Christian McCaffrey. Travis Etienne is number two. We have Brees Hall. I have him at nine. You have him at five. And then uh, Jameer Gibbs, I'm at eight. And you're also pretty high on him as well at 11. So let's open the show looking at these guys and why they have potential to really come through as a top 12 running backs this week. Well, with ETN, I mean, he's just been destroying. I mean, it's mostly with it, he's getting a ton of work. So I don't want to diminish that, but also two touch, two rushing touchdowns each of the last three weeks. Those aren't going to continue, right? Like he can't score multiple times every week. But in this matchup against the Steelers, they can be run all over on like last week, the Rams, they should have ran more. Right? They ran quite yeah. a lot with Freeman and Henderson, but they could have ran even more and maybe won that game. Uh, Etienne's getting so much of the work. He's just one of the elite plays moving forward, right behind Christian McCaffrey and maybe right there with Elvin Kamara with how many receptions that Derek Carr keeps giving him. But those three guys are this like elite uh, right now for fantasy. And then Brees Hall, I mean, he's coming along, right? We, we had to miss him last week with the bye week. But those two games prior, his snaps are finally there. Thank you to the Jets coaches for finally getting him work. But I think every week now you just plug him in. Yeah, I think these two guys are fantastic because they're now taking over their backfields, right? There's no talk of Tank Bigsby all that much anymore. He had a few looks early in the red zone, but he has actually not executed all that well while he's been on the field. And then you look at Dalvin Cook, he was washed, and we knew that. Yeah. So Brees Hall, as he's gotten healthier, you've seen Dalvin Cook fade here. So these two guys, I mean, right up there with Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, as we mentioned, 
those guys, uh, guys that don't need other people coming in and stealing their key touches. They can stay on the field in passing situations and deliver. And you look at the matchups this week. I mean, you're right. The Steelers were pretty bad against that combination of Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman last week. You look at the Giants, uh, you know, they're up and down. I, I think you can still beat them on the ground. And we know Brees Hall can be a big factor as a receiver. And they're coming off a bye, so I like that. And then our next guy, Jameer Gibbs. I mean, maybe they unlocked him a little bit more. I don't know if they're going to force in Craig Reynolds if it's a positive game script, plus the Raiders just giving up a ton of points to running backs. Even the guys that are not running well, it seems like they wake them up every single week. We saw it with Dante Foreman. The Bears running game was dormant. We saw it several weeks ago with James Cook. He went off against the Raiders, uh, and he's not a guy that puts up a lot of numbers. So when we look at it, yeah, I think this is really good here for Gibbs to go off on Monday night. Yeah, I love Gibbs this week. I know I have him at running back 11, but it's just because I like a lot of the other running backs. I know their workload is safe, but I do think Gibbs' workload is safe this week as well. Love his matchup. So he is a a must-definite play for me, and I think he has a much higher ceiling than RB11 this week. Let's talk about the guy I have ranked right behind him. It's B. John Robinson at 12, and this is the lowest I've ranked him all year long. And it's I do think he's going to come back and get a big workload, right? But it's nerve-wracking. You have him at RB13, but after what we saw last week, just none of it's really lining up. None of it really matches their story that I feel like they just keep changing. But apparently he had a headache. They put him in for whatever reason at times. They gave him one carry at the end of the game for whatever reason. And now this week he gets a hard matchup against the Titans. What's so infuriating is that in week six, He had a season high, and I guess career high, because he's a rookie, 63 snaps. So it looked like his workload was finally getting to that level of, you know, the eighth overall running back that was taken should be. And then Arthur Smith just, Arthur Smith's us last week. What do you do with Bichon? I don't don't know. And I have him down also partly because the matchup against Tennessee is really hard, but the good news is they could actually be playing in a good script this week, and that could help Bijan with the touches as the Titans are going to maybe have some combination of Malik Willis and Will Levis starting this week. So I don't know if the Titans can be all that competitive. I don't know if that's great because then they're going to be like, okay, we don't need to do a lot with Robinson, <laughs> and they're just going to run Tyler Algier and Desmond Ritter and not do much in this matchup. So I have hopes for Robinson. I think he's going to be – rebound spot i think arthur smith look they're winning so he's not in the hot seat yet but i I think there are people paying attention this is a revenge game for arthur smith he's got to put up some good offense against mike rabel in this one or he it's going to look really bad here so i think Bijan has to be lifeblood i just again that matchup just puts him out for me as an rb1 this week and a little nervous from last week probably creeping into it, but let's hope he bounces back and gets in the top six this week. I do think he gets a big workload after all the drama from last week. I think Arthur Smith heard it. I don't know if he actually cares, but I do think Bijan gets a lot of work to make up for last week. So I'm happy to plug him back in. Don't like if you roster him, don't sit him just because of last week, put him back into your lineup. It'll be okay. And then what about Jonathan Taylor? So it's been a few weeks since he's been back now. And my first reaction after that game was, okay, he's completely taken over this backfield again. Like, we're good, right? But then I looked at the snaps, and actually Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor played identical a number of snaps, 35-35. So 
still a 50 50 split do you think though as we move forward jt ends up you know completely taking over this backfield they're just they're gonna stay with the split now it was taylor that got the targets it was taylor that got the rushing touchdown and that's all you need right he could still split the work if he's getting the touchdowns and targets then you're gonna be happy uh but where do you see this backfield moving forward especially in uh against a pretty tough matchup against the saints this week well, I think when you look at Jonathan Taylor and you got to think about Shane Steichen, what he did last year, he had a lot of Miles Sanders, didn't give him a lot of work in the passing game. They worked in some other guys, Kenneth Gainwell at times there for the Eagles. So I think they like to have two backs no matter what here, but I think Taylor is the preferred back. He just may not get as much volume that we're looking for or anticipating from him from, we know his elite fantasy days. So they're going to work in Moss a little bit. You're right. I don't know if this is going to be the best rushing matchup for either of these guys. I think it's slowly going to shift more to Taylor as they go and he gets back into the flow of things. We've seen it, right, with Josh Jacobs. He held out and he's still not right. He came back and started playing and maybe it does take a while for these guys to get going and be trusted there after they've not practiced and been around for a while. So I think the, the corner's turning here. I still think you have to look at him as an RB2 until – we're pretty sure that Zach Moss is just a complimentary back. Yeah, it's kind of great. They both got 18 carries last week. I mean, you're happy with 18 carries from either guy, right? Yeah. You would like to see more targets for Moss if you're starting him. But I do think J- Jonathan Taylor, we have both ranked. I have him at RB13. You have him at 14. Moss is much lower in our rankings this week. So he's just more of that low end RB2, RB3 play. Um, but yeah, Jonathan Taylor, he's starting to look really good. We're going to get into, uh, the lower tier running backs, right? The lower RB twos getting into some flex plays at running backs into our next segment. But first let's talk about one of our sponsors. The show is brought to you from Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Again, you just download the Game Time app, create an account, and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Terms do apply. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, hopping into these running backs a little bit lower than those top guys we just talked about. I want to hit on Daryl Henderson uh, quickly here at the top because I have him at RB19, and you have him all the way down. Where do you have All the way down at 30, right? So we'll we'll hit on some other guys, but I want to talk about Daryl Henderson because we have a huge, huge gap here. I do. I just – I was very – hopeful and optimistic about the workload he got last week. And I, I think that just continues. They've leaned, Sean McVay has leaned on Daryl Henderson whenever he's needed to. Right. So I just think that continues. Now it is not the easiest of matchups. That's why I haven't done an RB 19, but why are you burying him at 30? 
Yeah, I don't trust the Rams actually running all that much in this game, and that's why. And they don't really throw to their backs all that much. And you look at the Cowboys' defense, I think they're going to be fired up. They're going to come out, play. They had a bye last week. So they're going to come out and look to take away the run and be able to tee off on Matthew Stafford. They want that. They want the one-dimensional offense. And the Rams are okay with it because of their receivers and what they can go to work with here in this game. So that's why I think he's buried because if they're not using him when they're trailing all that much they really don't check down again to the backs they've got other people they can throw to they're in that situation and they'll just be aggressive throwing the ball downfield or intermediate routes that's why really i haven't buried and i also think what happens he misses one block there someone coming after matthew stafford he misses micah parsons he's gone he's on the bench and that's it so i always think Every time we're buying into Rams running back that uh, isn't fully the guy here, it can slip at any time. So I'm a little bit worried about that. So, yeah, I, I think it's mainly based on this matchup. And, it, again, I think the Rams will be okay knowing that abandoning run might be the best way to go in this game. I think it might be a little biased because I feel like over the last couple of years, I've, I always have Daryl Henderson, right? Like in dynasty yeah. or I end up picking him up before anyone else. Cause I believe in his talent. There's always a, a handful of weeks where he gets the workload with the Rams and he does really, really well. And so the, I'm just going to keep sticking with him for these few weeks that he gets uh, before Sean McVay moves on. Cause for whatever reason, he doesn't want to stick with him. Uh, another running back that we have a, a pretty decent gap between is cream hunt. Who's my RB 20, your RB 31. He gets the Seahawks They're like a middle of the pack defense against fantasy running backs. And they're allowing just 2.9 yards per carry to running back slowest in the league. But I just love that hunts getting used around the goal line somehow the Browns score a lot of points to TJ Walker. It doesn't really make sense because Walker's not good. He's not doing anything, but they keep getting in these scoring positions. Hunt has put up two good fantasy weeks in a row. I'm just going to keep rolling with him in this matchup where who else is going to score for this team if it's PJ Walker? Yeah, that's that's my feeling about this game, though. I think the Seahawks defense is starting to play better, and it's on the road. I just think the regression of the mean is happening. They're not going to win a third straight game with PJ Walker. He's been awful. Remember how they they won the game last week? They had uh, pass interference penalties. That was their best play downfield. The Colts uh, making Which mistakes. Which the refs so, have now said they made a mistake and they shouldn't yeah, have so, thrown. So they just so gave they the Browns a free win. And what were the Browns doing? Also, a ton of field goals, right? It was field goal after field goal after field goal in that game. So I'm not sure that they're going to get in scoring position. And I was really impressed with the CX defense last week, by the way. They kind of just took it to the Cardinals all around, and it's a home game for them as well. So I think Seattle has some momentum. I Again, Kareem Hunt has to score, and I'm not 100% feeling <laughs> that this Browns offense is going to be on the field a lot. The Seahawks also can grind away drives and do that, and that's what they want to do a little bit. So I think that's going to play into the background. I just don't want to have too many assets in this game period. I feel like it's going to be one of those low-scoring physical games that we see in Seattle, and maybe the elements will come into play. So, I, again, I just don't want a lot of exposure to this game on either side based on uh, the situations for both teams. And now this one's going to shock people because we have a gap between another running back, but it's not the way you would think. So with Alexander Madison, we are 
I mean, we have a decent gap between the two's rankings, but it's you who is higher on Madison this week. You have an RB19. I am down at RB27. I'm I'm losing hope, Vinny. I am. I'm losing hope a little bit. It's not because I thought he looked really good as a runner against the 49ers defense. I, I thought he was doing his thing. They're putting in Cam Akers for like the little short um, receptions. And if he doesn't get those and he's not scoring any touchdowns, I mean, he still doesn't have a rushing touchdown. The Vikings still don't have a rushing touchdown at all for their team. I'm losing hope. The matchup is amazing against the Packers, allowing third most fantasy points to running backs this season. But talk me into Madison because I have him obviously in a lot of places. Yeah, that's how you attack the Packers. That's how the Broncos did it for a lot of the game, and they were doing it, and then they somehow went away from it, and they got in a tough spot, and they trailed, and they finally were able to beat the Packers. So I think the Vikings just need to be a little bit more diversified. It's, again, harder to pass on the Packers than it is to run on them. And I know this is not a running team at all. I mean, by by everything they've been doing this season, but – if there's a chance for maybe a positive game script to go in their way and go, or at least even with the Packers, I don't think the Packers are going to pull away from them at all. I think Vikings have a good a shot to win this game on the road. Here's anyone. So I, I think they'll stay in the game and look, it really comes down to is Alexander Madison going to score at some point. He's been able to score receiving touchdowns. So that's been a factor. So look, I, I think this is a factoring in that he's going to find the end zone some way and uh, also run for like 50 to 60 yards. So that's how I'm looking at it this week. And nothing's too crazy. You can never say that for Madison, but what you want to do is to be a little bit better here or Cam Akers is going to cut into that work a little bit more as we go along. Yeah. It's not like Cam Akers is good though either. No. So it's just a good one of those catcher, things. But help. Yeah. So yeah, we don't sometimes. want that to go away for Madison either. So I mean, I think that's why I like him as a runner this week more so. And uh, maybe we'll finally see the Vikings pop into the end zone with the running game. Yeah. We both have Ramondre Stevenson ranked pretty similar. You have him at 21. I have him at 23. Against the Dolphins, he's a good play because he should get receptions in that game. We have uh, Rashad White pretty similar as well. Running back 25, running back 30. Like nothing exciting there, but Baker Mayfield did talk up his receiving work. So maybe he'll get some receptions on Thursday night football. But one guy we need to discuss because it hasn't been pretty for him now. He has still been getting into the end zone, at least he did last week. So it hasn't been the worst plays. But Brian Robinson Jr., he has not scored very many points since week two right? It's very yeah. just meh. And the only time he scores really is when he gets into the end zone. And now he gets the Eagles this week. We have buried a bit. I have an RB 33. You have an RB 39, which I think both are fair rankings here. Eagles are by far the best rush defense this year, just in yards allowed and fantasy points allowed. Brian Robinson did put up 13 points against the Eagles in week four, but I feel like the Eagles have gotten better since then. And he got into the end zone that game. That's really what it comes down to. Right. Yeah. He's just a weird back because he looks so good sometimes, right? He looks explosive. He looks like he can do everything he wants. He can finish well, run hard. Then he disappeared. But I think it's a symptom of the, entire commander's offense right i mean sam howell is now running for his life and uh, he's taking a lot of sacks and remember that game against the bears i know they were trailing but they were fine dropping back like 55 times or whatever so i 
don't know what this commander's identity of this offense is anymore. I Okay, I thought it was throwing to the middle of the field and throwing to the tight end. No, that was the case. Throwing to Curtis Samuel. No, that isn't the case. Like, who are they running? Do we think it's Brian Robinson? Do they like Antonio Gibson? I don't know each and every week. And I again, this is an offense that I want to not play most weeks. And look, you look at Terry McLaurin, history against the Eagles is great. But everyone else, like, you're just hoping that it all comes together. It's just like uh, you're throwing dark. So as frustrating as Bijan Robinson was last week, Brian Robinson, maybe the underrated story, the way he's just fallen off a cliff here. And I, I don't think – there's no way it's going to get better in this particular game. Like the Eagles already went to overtime once with the Commanders. They're not going to take them lightly in the second matchup in Washington. Yeah, I agree. I'd rather play the Kareem Hunt, the Daryl Henderson, than a Brian Robinson this week. And then these three guys would also be possible options over him as well because they all have good matchups. It's Gus Edwards against the Cardinals, who we saw Gus Edwards finally have a good fantasy week last week. Damian Pierce against the Panthers. No, Pierce has not been good for fantasy, but the Panthers give up a ton of points to running backs. No team has allowed more touchdowns to running backs than the Panthers. And then Deonta Foreman, who just had three touchdowns last week it's the chargers which of these guys do you feel more most confident throwing into your lineup this week yeah this is a tough call i don't feel great about damian pierce let me start there because the devin singletary hints were there that eh, is damian pierce the guy we want in this style of zone blocking i think it's pretty clear they're giving that indication right with dante foreman you're also worried about the roshan johnson Clarity looks like it may actually happen this week. So to me, it is clearly Gus Edwards. He made a big play in the passing game last week, and he has the best matchup by far because I know it's a very good matchup for Pierce, but you look at Edwards, who else is touching the ball here? Not a lot. We had uh, Keaton Mitchell show up, and they got hurt immediately. He made one play and got hurt for the Ravens. There's not a lot there, and they should be playing with the lead much like the game in or in Baltimore against Detroit. So I feel like it could be a carbon copy of uh, last week. I don't know if you'll get a big reception, but I think he finds the end zone. He runs pretty well, closes out this game. So to me, it's clearly Edwards, and he definitely has the momentum from last week as well. Yeah, I think all of these guys are playable. Low, Very yeah. low ceiling for a guy like Damian Pierce, right? I, I agree with you, yeah. though, that Gus Edwards would be the one I would choose out of this group. Listen, if Roshan Johnson is out again, then yeah, throw in Deonta Foreman. And yeah, I, even if Roshan sure. Johnson's back, I still think Foreman will be the lead back. It's just the Chargers have allowed just three rushing touchdowns to running backs all season. And uh, that's where Foreman got all of his points last week, whereas those touchdowns. So that's where you worry a little bit. So I'd go with Gus Edwards out of that group. And that kind of wraps up our running back rankings for the week and we still have quarterbacks to discuss yeah quarterbacks are always uh hard because there's a few guys that come through every week and then the rest we're just uh, trying to figure out week to week so we'll get into that but first a word from two more of our fine sponsors This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. 
it's very easy. You can uh, just put together all the details you have for a job. Then you add that job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word to everyone that you're hiring. Simple tools such as screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one, delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Check it out. It's easy. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is also brought to you by Prize Picks, and we know that it's the easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. We always uh, give out our Prize Picks picks of the week. We had a nice result Monday with the tight ends that I had with George Kittle and TJ Hawkinson, so they always have some fun things that you can look at with combinations, more or less there, and that's all you're looking at. There's uh, projections available. You just decide if a player or combination players are going to go more or less than their prize pick stat projections. You just pick two to six, and then you multiply your winnings the more you can get right there. So it's a lot of fun to play on prize picks. It's easy for anyone. You can make picks in seconds with the prize picks app. You can also expect quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, enormous selection of players and stat types. That's all what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Just go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnFL. Use the code LockedOnFL for first deposit match up to $100. That's right. It's uh, pricepicks.com slash LockedOnFL. LockedOnFL code for deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy made easy only at PricePix. All right, Michelle, it is uh, time to close the show. We'll turn our attention to the quarterbacks. And, yeah, it's been tough. I mean, there's some things that uh, have been tried and true. Some have not. Some guys have been up and down. One guy that had been a little down, but now he's rolling, and I have him all the way at number one this week, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, this is the player that we wanted, right, that came out against the Lions. He did everything. He ran and scrambled. They're off script, gave us a touchdown there. He looked great as a passer. They came up throwing immediately, and he looked great throwing downfield. So I think this is what they envisioned. Keep a lot of that running game the same. Maybe not as many design runs to keep Lamar Jackson healthy, but if he sees something, let him go. And then now his weapons. I mean, who knew? I mean, he got Nelson Aguilar, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews. He got all of them going in the same game last week, and this Cardinals team is terrible. So that's why I'm going with Lamar Jackson at one this week, and we saw what he can do even uh, playing ahead and not having to throw a lot. Yeah, Lamar has been fantastic. I mean, there's really only been one bad game from weeks two through seven for him. It was that Steelers game. He typically struggles against the Steelers, and also just his guys weren't catching any balls. It could have been a, yeah. a fine fantasy day for him during that week. So I have at quarterback four. It's only because I have Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes as my top three. If you, I, I'm yeah. completely fine with your QB1 ranking this week, and you're not deciding between these guys anyways, right? You only have one yeah. of them. It's very doubtful you have multiple. And DFS, just go with the cheapest one of the bunch because they're all fantastic. Um, uh, You have Justin Herbert, though, at four. I'm at five. Do you think we're being too nice to him? Because 
I mean, when you look at his fantasy numbers, they're not as bad as I keep. I have him in a couple of leagues, and it just doesn't feel like he's doing enough for me. I feel like he should be doing more. Week seven was a really bad fantasy week for him. Does he bounce back against the Bears this week? Yeah, he's kind of a, a rich man's Trevor Lawrence, if you want to say it that way, where he has one or two spikes. He's pretty cons- he's a little bit more consistent, right? His floor is a little bit better, and the ceiling is a little higher than Trevor Lawrence. So we've seen that. All year, and I think both of these guys were in relation to where he took them. However, are both disappointing. I think we've talked a lot about Joe Burrow. That was pretty obvious. But when you look at Justin Herbert, yeah, he's making a lot of mistakes, and I know they go forward aggressively in fourth down, but he's turning the ball over in key spots. It's not like he's racking up the turnovers; they've actually gone down a little bit. But it just seems like they just can't finish things that are right there on the table, right? They always have this opportunity where they're down inside the 10 and they're like, okay, this is going to be great. Justin Herbert's going to easily pop one into the end zone. doesn't happen or something uh, breaks down that or you get some random long run by Joshua Kelly. That's going to hurt his uh, value here. So when you look at it, yeah, I don't think he's playing his best. Maybe just connecting better this offense. I think they really miss Mike Williams because that consistent deep threat. I know Josh Palmer has been great, but they need someone to stretch the field this offense. And Austin Eckler has also been out. And he had to come out of the game last week. So I think I have him this high because of the Bears matchup. I think they're going to try to get things right in this game with their passing game. I don't think the Bears can really cover any of his key targets in this one. But let's watch that Gerald Everett injury as well. I mean, yeah, we don't want the weapons to dwindle here like they did last year for Justin Herbert. We don't want a copy of that because that's exactly what happened. Where Everyone got hurt around him. He wasn't 100%. And then the numbers went down with it. Yeah, and I don't want to be too mean to Herbert. I mean, especially yeah. putting him in the same sentence as Trevor Lawrence. Get out of here with that. Because it's been <laughs> in four-point pass touchdown leagues. He still scored 21, 22, 29, 23, 19, and then just 11 last week. So still had – I mean, really just last week was his first bad game of the season while Trevor Lawrence has had bad weeks every single week for fantasy, right? And we'll get into Trevor Lawrence in a little bit here. But uh, staying at the top of our rankings – Let's hit on Tua Tagovailoa. You have him at quarterback five, and I have him at quarterback seven. I do not feel confident in this ranking. I'll say that, though, right? I do think he could have a much worse week than quarterback seven. He has to face the Patriots this week. He scored just 12 points against the Patriots in week two. Now, that was in New England, and now he gets to play at home, so that could change some things. But we've seen a lot of down weeks from Tua. We've had three big weeks and four down weeks last week only 10 points uh, against the Eagles defense I I don't know I, I know the upside he does carry in any given week that's why it's always hard to rank him much lower than this but do you feel confident at, with him at QB5 yeah I mean it's hard I think I definitely always bump him up a little bit at home you make a good point there that when he's at home, he seems a little, just a little bit more comfortable in his element. You have the Jalen Waddle injury. I think he'll be okay and play this week. So I'm not too worried about that right now. And Waddle really hasn't come through as much as you would like here either. So yeah. it's been like as Tyreek goes, as he goes, right? That's pretty much what Tua's case. He's not going to give you anything running either. So that's hard, right? You can't just rely on that to pad his stats in, in any game. So I'm just hoping that he gets a couple touchdowns here, which I think should be in the works. I think the Patriots would focus on taking away the run first, and hopefully that'll open things up here with uh, Tyree Kill. So, yeah, it's hard because he needs – I wish there would be a 
just a couple more weapons in there. I know it's great to have it compressed to Hill and Waddle, but he needs a few more guys for him to produce, right? I mean, these guys that put up the big fantasy weeks, they have multiple random guys that can score touchdowns for them at any point. And we, namely Patrick Mahomes, right? Or Josh Allen. There's always guys like that catching or Jalen Hurts to some degree. So yeah, let's hope it uh, pays off here for him uh, this week. But yeah, I think I want some more consistency from these guys. I think you have Hurts, Mahomes, and Allen delivering that, but I would like more out of some of these other guys that we drafted in the tier behind them. Yeah, talking about consistency here, you have Joe Burrow against the 49ers as quarterback seven. I have him down just a little bit at quarterback 11. I am happy to see Joe Burrow's looking more healthy, and I am fine playing him moving forward, but I do not like this matchup whatsoever. I know the 49ers defense hasn't looked as good over the last two weeks, but those were two away games, and it's not like P.J. Walker really did anything against them. It was just they're not allowing still a lot of points, right? They're allowing yards, but they're coming back home. And I think they've been in various and two road games, had the losses. I think they come back and play super strong. And the 49ers are allowing just 11 and a half fantasy points per game this season, two quarterbacks, third fewest of the league. I don't know if Joe Burrow has a very high ceiling in this matchup. Yeah. And perhaps I'm relating it to what I just saw from Kirk cousins on Monday, but I was really surprised that the 49ers could not pressure Kirk Cousins at all. I feel like there's some similarities, of course, with uh, these offenses, uh, with Kevin O'Connell and Zach Taylor and Sean McVay. There's type of things that they're going to look at. Joe Burrow can get rid of the ball quickly. I think you'll also see the healthiest Joe Burrow, we would think, right, coming off the bye. And uh, their secondary is not all that great, so that's the concern here for the 49ers. If you get time to throw against them, you can make some plays against them downfield. And I think that could happen a little bit more this week. I think you'll see a really sharp burrow. And I think there's going to be some opportunity for garbage time, right? I think with the Bengals, they're going to be lit up a little bit, I think, defensively against the 49ers. And it could be nice back and forth between Brock Purdy and Joe Burrow. And that's what I'm looking forward to in this game. I want this game to have a lot of points. There's too much offense on the field. There And uh, I, I think the Bengals, again, they're not going to force the run with Joe Mixon either. So this is a volume-based play. Like, could it come, say, could we have 350 and two and, like, two picks? Yeah, that could happen with three sacks. Yeah, sure, that could happen in this game for sure. So that's why I'm ranking him that high. I think he's going to be – he's just too good, too talented in a game like this with a high magnitude to just, to just fade away in this one. Yeah, I still have him as a play, like playable quarterback. You can play him. I have him quarterback 11 because, like you said, I see his ceiling being two touchdowns. And if that's the case, then he better not have any interceptions, right, because it's not going to be yeah. all that great. But I, I see him finishing around quarterback 10 to 14, somewhere in there. So definitely playable. Two other guys to hit on that have road games, tough road game, or not tough, but road games. CJ Stroud against the Panthers. So a great matchup for him because they've been allowing a lot of fantasy points to quarterbacks as of late. And then Kirk Cousins at the Packers. I know what Kirk Cousins just did against the 49ers and he looked good, but Kirk Cousins on the road is completely different than Kirk Cousins at home. And Kirk Cousins on the road at Green Bay has done absolutely nothing for fantasy. So right now I have Kirk Cousins ranked rather high. I think I'm going to move him down after looking into these stats. But his last away games at Green Bay, 8 points, 10 points, 8 points. And then we saw him again at 
Chicago in week six, eight points at the Panthers in week four, nine points. So like road Kirk, it's not good Kirk. So between these two guys, I think I much prefer CJ Stroud against it's at the Panthers, but I prefer that matchup for Stroud. Yeah, I mean, this is a tough one for me. I, I mean, Kirk Cousins, every time I doubt him, he seems to come through. And every time that I'm like really high on him, like the Bears match up, then he fades away. But uh, I have them real close. We have them both real close, actually. You have an 8-9, I got 9-10, Stroud just barely ahead. So based on Yeah, I'm going to move Cousins down, though, probably to like 12-13. Yeah. Okay, but down. based on our rankings, I think we have to say we like Stroud better this week. And I really like the weapons in this one as well for Stroud, and it doesn't matter if it's Nico Collins and Dalton Schultz or Tank Dell. I think the matchups are really great. Remember, this defense is falling apart here for the Panthers. The two starting safeties are out. One corner's out. This is where you attack them. I think they'll do some things after the bye to get a little bit better against the run. So I think this, the Texans will come off throwing in this game. So I do like Stroud better in general. Uh, I think the matchup in general is better. I, I can see... This actually being a sneaky game between the two rookie quarterbacks going back and forth a little bit. So that's because the Texans defense can't give it up as well. So I do uh, kind of uh, like CJ Stroud. I'd say a little bit ahead of Kirk Cousins this week as I have him. And I have one more question for you to close out the show. Uh, quickly here, who would you prefer between these three guys if you have to choose? Jordan Love versus the Vikings at home. Trevor Lawrence at Pittsburgh or Dak Prescott at home against the Rams. If you got to choose one of these guys, who are you going with? Yeah, if I'm going to go straight down with this <laughs> slave for my rankings here, <laughs> this is how it is. It's 12, 13, 14 for these guys. <laughs> and I have Trevor Lawrence higher. And the reason I do is I look at the Steelers, and I think their single coverage ways are great for his receivers. And I think that's where I look at And Jordan Love is just not playing well. So I think that's part of it. I think the reason he's even that high is that he's at home and it's the Vikings and maybe he'll put up some volume-based numbers. I actually do like Dak Prescott quite a bit this week. I think the Cowboys are going to realize, look, we can't really run all that effectively. We can't just be this Tony Pollard team. we got to throw a little bit and mix it up. And the tight end has a good matchup, Jake Ferguson, this week. So when you look at that, yeah, there's some opportunities. And I think you'll see a better Dak coming out of the bye as well. So keep all that in mind. These uh, 16 buys really um, can change the fortunes of some of these teams coming out. So I, I like Dak quite a bit. But I would say I do like Lawrence. I know we don't love him, but I would say – just watch Lawrence here the second half of the season. This is when he got hot last year. The schedule, it gets tougher, but in some ways it opens up as well because they're going to have to put up some points here, and it's not as easy for their defense. So I still like Lawrence. I mean, last week was a second 20-point effort. I know, Michelle, that isn't great, but I think physically I think this could be a really nice game for Lawrence just based on the man-to-man -man matchups that the Steelers will create. It's definitely not great because you're using six-point touchdown uh, formatting there because he has yeah. yet to score more than 18 points in a four-point touchdown uh, passing touchdown league. So he just hasn't done anything for fantasy at all. And Steelers are allowing just 15 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. I know they give up a lot of yards, but they're very bend-don't-break. They cause a lot of turnovers, and they don't allow a, a lot of touchdowns, a lot of passing touchdowns especially. So I'm off of Lawrence, of course, because I always am. And then between Dak and Love, I do much prefer Dak Prescott this week. I think Dak Prescott 
Prescott's a really solid play. Of course, he doesn't have uh, a high floor, right? At any time, he could just bust. But I do think he has a high ceiling. So I I'm willing to play Dak Prescott in this matchup. And I, I, I would rather play Dak than Cousins this week as well. I, I think I'm leaning towards that. Yeah, I, th I think the biggest thing with Lawrence is I know, like, as soon as you just totally fade him, that's when he's going to explode. And that's what I don't want to do, right? I think he's one of those guys that's very hard. I think there's a running back that's much like this. I I'm going to say it's Josh Jacobs, right, that you kind of play. And it's really hard not to play this person because of the way that you watch the game. And, like, oh, they're getting a lot of uh, work here. and They're doing the thing. And, like, but you don't get the numbers here. So it can be very frustrating. I get it. He's, uh, like, QB 17 in most uh, scoring formats now. But, again, it's not looking at just – we're not just looking at a half a season here. So I think the potential is there. And same thing with Justin Herbert to have big rebounds here. So I think if you're looking to – maybe trade for some quarterbacks here and want a little bit of stretch run, maybe even streaming guys. I think Herbert and Lawrence, go check on their managers because I think you can get them on the cheaper side now than uh, you can uh, ever get them. So go ahead and do that if you need to look for some upside upgrade at quarterback. I think both of those guys have it in the second half of the season. Yeah, maybe Herbert. <laughs> I'm sorry I can't get on the Tila train. Uh, but tomorrow we'll be we'll, getting we'll into be by the end of the season. Yeah. That's my goal by the end of the season. All so right. yeah. All right. Yeah, tomorrow we'll be getting into wide receivers and tight ends. There's actually a ton of wide receivers that I'm willing to play tomorrow. Like as I was going through my rankings, I was like getting into the 40s and I was like, I'd still be fine playing these guys. So we'll jump into all that conversation tomorrow. I'm excited for that episode. Yeah, it should be really good, and that's my favorite part because I love looking at all the wide receivers and the cornerback matchups and all the good stuff there and uh, how we can break down and uh, get the good right guys in our lineup. So we'll have that for you there, wide receiver and tight end rankings for you coming up next on Thursday. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen today and every day. There's a lot of rankings and analysis coming at you here for week eight to uh, give you the way to dominate your leagues, whether you're playing seasonal or daily. For Locked on Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.